Welcome to SL Advisors Talks Markets. I'm Simon Lack. At SL Advisors, we know it's important to stay ahead of inflation. We think about where interest rates are going and what this means for markets. Pipeline companies may offer inflation protection through the energy transition. We identify other sectors with the ability to maintain their margins when prices are rising. Nothing we say should be construed as a sale of securities, which can only be made through the relevant prospectus. In this week's podcast, I'm going to explain why higher inflation is unlikely to be transitory. I think the thing that to me is the number one issue facing the ministry investors is inflation. And it's pretty clear to me that inflation is not transitory. It's here to stay. And it's probably the single biggest threat to certainly financial markets. And and again, probably, I think, to society just in general. That's Paul Tudor-Jones. Like many investors, he's reaching the conclusion that inflation is unlikely to return to 2% anytime soon. In America, when confronted with a problem, we go big. The fiscal stimulus in response to COVID was as much as five times the loss in output. We had the shortest recession in history over almost as soon as it began in the spring of last year. And yet even a year later, we had another stimulus package. The fiscal response to COVID was used by Democrats in Washington after the election to inject another $2 trillion of stimulus into an economy that by then didn't need it. Federal unemployment benefits continued until September. States like New Jersey, which continued to take the money, have among the highest unemployment rates in the country. New Jersey's is 7.2%, almost 2% above the national average of 5.4%. New York, another very liberal state, is 7.4%. Florida, a much better run place, has only a 5% unemployment rate. Rising inflation means bonds are a pretty good bet to lose money. They've been distorted for years by the investment of trillions of dollars that doesn't care about returns. Our own Federal Reserve owns $8.5 trillion of bonds. Japan owns $1.3 trillion in U.S. government bonds. China owns a trillion. They just want safety and liquidity. They're not too worried about inflation. Because non-commercial buyers like these and others are keeping yields low, there's less pressure on the Fed to raise rates. For investors, it means that a traditional allocation to fixed income is very likely to lose money. For an investor in particular, most of this audience, it's absolute death for a 60-40 portfolio for a long stock, long bond portfolio. So the real question is, how do you defend yourself against it? How persistent will this be? The Fed is very focused on making sure everyone who wants a job has one. But the demand for workers is out there. It must be clear to everyone by now that big businesses and small ones alike are struggling to hire the workers they need. Help wanted signs are everywhere. There are almost 11 million job openings, the most in history. It's hard to believe that any able-bodied person with marketable skills who'd like to work is unable to. Maybe they're in the wrong place, or maybe their skills don't match with what's needed. A big component would be the wage pressure that we've got. And the easiest way to see that is obviously job offers relative to unemployed. We're 10.4 million job offers, 7.7 million unemployed. It's clear 
that we have a structural issue in our labor force that's not going to be solved by 0% interest rates and quantitative easing. The Fed is being widely criticized for their very easy monetary policy. Without doubt, the constant bond buying should have stopped a long time ago. Buying $120 billion per month of bonds has boosted the housing market. There never was a shortage of buyers. There's just not enough houses. When the problem is on supply, not demand, it's hard to see why low interest rates are the solution. So what you have is a Federal Reserve that wants to see inflation above 2% for some time, that sees continued weakness in the job market, although the reality is there's a record number of job openings, and is under very little pressure to raise interest rates. In years past, bond investors would have been selling, pushing up bond yields. The Fed would have felt compelled to act. Today, it's hard to find any negative impact from inflation. Stocks are at all-time highs. Bond yields remain low because of so many buyers who don't need a return. The jobs market is strong. So it's not clear why the Fed would feel rushed to tighten policy, which is exactly why inflation is likely to persist. Transitory, which is how the Fed has described current high inflation, will take on a new meaning for investors. When something is transitory, that means it's lasting longer than we thought. First and foremost, we have a Federal Reserve Board that are inflation creators, right. not inflation fighters. What an indictment. When before in history has it been possible to refer to the Fed as inflation creators, not inflation fighters? When you think of all the past Fed chairs whose responsibility was to preserve purchasing power. Paul Volcker must be turning in his grave. Alan Greenspan must be deeply dismayed. But the Fed's mistakes are creating opportunity. For the first time in many, many years, stocks that respond to inflation are worth owning. That includes energy, where oil and gas prices are up thanks to rebounding demand and environmental extremists who have bullied companies to cut investment in new production. When government policy is aligned with the Federal Reserve to generate inflation, it's time to own inflation-sensitive stocks. You can learn more about potential investment solutions on our website, sl-advisors.com. Thank you for listening to SL Advisors Talks Markets. To find more episodes like this one, go to our website, sl-advisors.com. There you can sign up for our blog, follow us on iTunes, Spotify, and follow us on Twitter, at Simon Lack.